And welcome back to the second part of our programme this morning here on Sacred Space 102, a Come and See Inspirations production for West Limerick 102 FM. My name is Shane Ambrose. Delighted to have you with us this morning on this, the second Sunday of Christmas, the 3rd of January. And in the studio this morning, of course, I still have my colleague who's manning the controls. Good morning, John. Morning, Shane. So... We're delighted to welcome to the programme this morning the first of two uh, contributors who are joining us on this New Year's morning, because we're still in, effectively, New Year's and still in Christmas tide. Good morning, Eva McGrath. How are you keeping? Good morning, Shane. Very well, thank you. Happy New Year to you. And to you too. And of co- and did you, ha- you obviously came through the Christmas, as they say. Oh, we, we, it was a great Christmas. Really, really enjoyable. Very good. So, Aoife, we're delighted to have you on the programme this morning. So what we're doing is we, we've asked you to come on and to give us a little bit of a reflection. And what you, we, we'd asked you actually for a Christmas reflection, but what, you, what we're going to look at this morning is we're actually, of course, going to look at Epiphany. Because, of course, uh, as we're facing to the week ahead, Wednesday the 6th, of course, is the feast of the, or the solemnity of the Epiphany of the Lord, known as Little Christmas or Nulignaman here in Ireland. And Aoife, Aoife has prepared a lovely uh, reflection for us this morning. So Aoife, if you want to take it away. Thank you, Shane. Um, just, these are just a few of my own thoughts on the, on the Feast of the Epiphany. Um, the first thing I, I want to say about the Feast of the Epiphany, that it tells us about the visit of the wise men or the Magi to the scene of Jesus's birth in Bethlehem. This story actually comes from the Gospel of Matthew, who does not say how many wise men there were, But in our tradition, the number has been well settled at three because of the three gifts that they bring with them in their their treasure chests and offer to Christ. So we're all very familiar with them, gold, frankincense and myrrh. We also have come to see these wise men as kings because of the influence of the Psalms and the book of Isaiah. In a way, the story of the Magi traveling from the east to Jerusalem brings the story of Jesus's birth from the local to the universal. Not only is Jesus revealed to to the locals, the shepherds who have been roused from their farming by an angel who revealed to them that they would find the Messiah, the savior, as a child laying in a manger. He is also revealed to these men from far away who have seen a star and understood that this was a sign that the Messiah had come. And they set out in search of him so that they could bow in respect before him and worship him. We follow these wise men as they search to find Christ, as they enter the house and see the child with his mother Mary and kneel down before him. We do the same. It brings us into the story. We can imagine that we are there, just like strangers from the East. We are the strangers from the West of Ireland coming to celebrate the birth of this infant king. If the good news of Christ's birth is relevant to these wise men, then it is equally relevant to us. Before Christmas, my sister actually sent me a picture of my youngest nephew's colouring from school. Aidan had coloured in a picture of the nativity scene and I noticed the colours he had chosen for the stable were half our county colours, saffron and blue, That's clear now, not Tipperary. And half his parish colours, green and yellow. I quipped what a budding theologian he was, bringing himself and his family, not to mention his own parish and the county, into the heart of the story 
of Jesus's birth. In a way, I think the traditions we have of setting up the Christmas crib in our homes are of taking home a sprig of the straw from the crib in the church after midnight mass. That these are all traditions, are ways of bringing home the story of Jesus's birth so that we show Christ a welcome in our homes. After all the trouble Mary and Joseph had because there was no place for them in the inn, they find a place in our homes with our families. There's a poem written by an Irish poet from Inishmore, Martin O'Diron, called Curit Vura, and it captures beautifully the feeling of the Irish hospitality to Christ, of making space for him in our humble abodes. Martin wrote this poem during Christmas in 1942, when Europe was engulfed by war. The translation I'll recite for you now was a specially commissioned translation from the Professor Emeritus of Modern Languages at Maynooth University, Monsignor Brendan Devlin, for the 50th Christmas Carol service in Maynooth. It was actually printed on a bookmark and presented to the attendees of the car Christmas Carol service last year, Christmas 2019, to commemorate the 225th anniversary of St. Patrick's College in Maynooth. The translation goes like this. Do you know, Mother Mary, where you'll go this Christmas? And you seeking a roof for the Holy Child. Every door is closed against him with the hate and conceit of humankind. Would you ever take up an invite from myself here to a sea-girt island far away in the West? There'll be candles shining lit in every window and turf fire blazing on every heart. This poem has been put to music by Ronan McDonough and appears on the album of the choir Ronan conducts, Foom Lee. The album is called Ancient Promise and it's this piece of music that I have chosen for this programme. For me, it brings the traditional music and language of Ireland and the warmth and welcome of our fires into the heart of the nativity story. Thank you. 
that was Ronan McDonough's version of Cura de Vura. Isn't it beautiful? For me, I think this welcome that it expresses is especially important to remember following the year we have just had, dare we speak its name, maybe I should whisper it, 2020. For a good length of time in that year, our doors were essentially closed to visitors, not out of preference, but out of necessity. We had to self-isolate, socially distance, sanitize, wear face coverings. We weren't even sure what type of Christmas Day celebration we could expect, how many we could have over to Christmas dinner. Could anyone visit us? Or could we visit anyone else? The turf fire was blazing all right, and we had plenty of turf to burn after the great spring and early summer we had, which made it easy to save. But for much of the autumn and winter, there was no one there to feel its warmth but ourselves. But now we're embarking on this new year and we bring with us the hope and promise of this birth of Jesus. It might be a challenge to hold on to our sense of welcome and hospitality. We may have become too used to our own company. On the other hand, we might be so anxious to get out of the house, to be the visitor rather than the visited. There may be no one home when the visitors call. But I think this hospitality is so embedded in our Irish culture that even the COVID won't do away with our disposition to welcome people into our homes. Just as the stable of Jesus' birth seemed to be an open house for visitors, where the riffraff, or the lowly shepherds, could mix with the mysterious magi or kings from afar, and Mary and Joseph didn't seem to bat an eyelid at all these strangers coming and going to pay homage to their newborn, please God, this year, 2021, will likewise be a time when we'll be able to our doors to others and give them a welcome. Of course, that welcome and hospitality is not just for our own private homes and not just for those we know best, though that might be our first inclination after 2020. In the story of the Nativity and the Epiphany, the wise men don't find Mary, Joseph and their newborn child in the comfort of their own home. In fact, they find them in a stable in which they themselves had found shelter at the end of their own journey from Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem in Judea. Yet the Holy Family welcomed the Magi as they did the shepherds. We're thus challenged to welcome the stranger into our own lives, whoever they are and wherever we find ourselves. The story of the journey of the Magi witnesses to a certain faith and perseverance, to search for Christ in the unexpected places. The wise men trusted that after a journey of uncertainty, Christ await, awaited them and that no one would be excluded from his welcome and presence. The story reminds us that we can all share in the joy of this personal encounter with Christ if we open ourselves up to this encounter and seek him out. It challenges us to look for the presence of Christ in the unexpected places. And while the journey might not be easy, he awaits us there 
and we too will be welcome. It's like Pope Francis said in the Joy of the Gospel, the Lord does not disappoint those who take this risk. Whenever we take a step towards Christ, we come to realize that he is already there, waiting for us with open arms. My last thought about this epiphany story is that just as the Magi were wise enough to see this child with his mother and recognize they were in the presence of God before whom they knelt to worship, so we are invited to have the wisdom to see where God might be present in our world. And if the humble surroundings of the stable are anything to go by, we might have most luck finding God in the everyday, ordinary people and ordinary places. God was with us in the suffering and adversity of the pandemic, in those small acts of kindness and care ex extended to us, not just by our neighbors and friends, but by strangers and others who supported the vulnerable, the bereaved, those who were unwell, lonely, and disadvantaged throughout last year. My hope for this new year is that we will have eyes to see these signs of God's loving presence in our midst. Aoife, thank you so much for that. That's a lovely reflection uh, as, we, as we face into the celebration of Epiphany. And um, as, as we're still in the Christmas season and as we're facing it, particularly at Nolig Daman, may I wish you Nolig Hana. Thank you very much, Shane. Same to you. And so we're delighted to welcome on the programme this morning, Sister Helen Kilhan. Good morning, Sister Helen. How are you keeping? Good morning, Shane. I'm keeping very well. Delighted Wonderful. delighted to have you on the programme this morning on this just New Year's Day, or New Year's weekend, I suppose we could say, uh, the Sunday before the Epiphany. Did you get through the Christmas? Oh, I had a wonderful Christmas. I put up about a stone weight, eating lots of chocolates. But anyway, I'm, <laughs> I know I'm the making, feeling. <laughs> I'm making a New Year's resolution that I'll do a bit of exercise. Very good, very good, very good. So, uh, so Helen, we're delighted to have you on the program uh, this morning. Which is, and you you said you were going to offer us um, a little bit of reflection, uh, just just to kind of ease us into the kind of the Christmas and the New Year. Yes, I I suppose I was thinking a lot over the Christmas. Um, maybe because I work with a lot of children and young people who have experienced loss uh, during the year due to bereavement and uh, parental separation. And what I found myself thinking about, uh, you know, we can maybe all think that, you know, it has been wonderful for people over Christmas. But for... Um, a lot of people, uh, and this is, I suppose, from my professional experience and listening to people, for a lot of families, um, it's it's not, you know, it hasn't been easy. Christmas isn't always very joyful or very happy for people who are grieving. Uh, I think this is important to say. It, it might not be very popular to say it. Um, so I suppose that's something that um, stays very much with me. Uh, again, and again, for a lot of people who will have struggled over the Christmas for a number of reasons, ex for example, dealing with their mental health issues or coping with finances and um, trying to find money where it's not there or trying, maybe having worked very hard at 
finding the perfect Christmas. And we all know that there isn't a, uh, there isn't a perfect Christmas, and or there hasn't been. When I reflect on Christmas, so I think I have to be, we say, being real that it's it's difficult, but then that with with the celebration of the birth of Christ, and that we have just celebrated His birthday, that that brings great hope to me and to so many thousands and thousands and thousands of people all over the world and in our own country, because as we reflect on the birth and as I reflect on the birth of Christ. Jesus is God's gift to mankind. He's, this, was, this was a gift. His birth was a gift to us. And I think about how he gave himself freely. And in many ways, we don't deserve it. Again, it's a, a season of hope. And it's also a season of joy. Uh, that we're joyful people. And I always find at Christmas that it's a time where it's a time of God showing his great love for us. As I've already said, we celebrate the birth of the Christ child and that God sent his son Jesus into the world to be born. And his birth brought great joy to the world. And that's what we have so that we have celebrated and that I have celebrated. And, you know, I was thinking, I suppose, deeply about it. And I was thinking about, you know, the shepherds and the wise men and the angels they were all there in the excitement of this great event. And they all knew that this was no ordinary baby. And so for the year ahead, I think Christmas is helping me that, especially after the year that we all have been through in Ireland, that uh, celebrating the birth of Christ, that I will look in the year 2021 in a new year, and very much, and I think that COVID-19 has taught all of us this, and it's about inviting Jesus into our hearts. And I think for me, that's important that I do that on a continually basis, on a continual basis. Because I always find that, again, at Christmas, that there's the joy and peace that I receive at this time of the year. Uh, I remember a friend saying to me one time, and I think it's so true. She said, Helen, Jesus is the reason for the season. Rejoice and be glad. Uh, with the, Again, the birth of Jesus, the light of the world has come among us. And I have been reflecting on John's Gospel 1, 10 to 18. And, and the and the sentence that has really just sprung out of the page was, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And when I, again, reflect on last year and there was so much darkness and yet with the birth of Christ and there was, when you reflect on the year, so much light even though there appeared to be a lot of darkness, and there was, but a lot of light shone into the world. And we all, we all know and we read and listened to different people and how they all came, how they all came to help each other in community and in so many ways. And when I prayed and reflected on that piece of scripture, 
I found myself thinking, and we can be delighted. So for this 2021, that we can be delighted for people in the year ahead. And even if you just reflect for a moment when we think the light shines in the darkness, and we all know if we walk into a room and it's very dark and you light a switch or light a candle, there is light. And you f and there's a great security even when you see that little flicker of light. So with the birth of Christ and reading the gospel for today, that that light shines in darkness and is there to give us all hope. Sister Helen, thank you so much for that lovely reflection this morning. Now, you had suggested a piece of music for us. Uh, what were you going to suggest that we play this morning? Uh, I suppose I just really love the hymn Silent Night. Now, would you believe we have asked all of our contributors over the Christmas to suggest their favourite pieces of music or Christmas music that they would like to accompany um, all uh, you know, all the all the reflections that they've given, and that you are actually the first person to ask us to play Silent Night. So we're <laughs> delighted actually to play, to play it this morning. It wouldn't it wouldn't feel like Christmas for many people without Silent Night being played. And so as we go out, and so as we come to an end of this part two of the program, and we go out on this piece of music, um, um, Silent Night, Sister Helen. Thank you so much for joining us on the programme this morning. Nolik Hunna to you and every blessing for 2021. And the same to you and John. And thank you very much for inviting me on. I really appreciate it.